4: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
5: iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych up ritual Scrub stars Zach Brath and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations, or why Keegan Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling. Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry.
6: Welcome back to the iHeart Podcast Speaker Series. As you know, every week, we like to get together with some of our favorite creators, some of our favorite podcasters, producers, talk a little bit about the world of podcasting, talk a little bit about their podcast. And today I'm super excited. We have two guests that are coming to us from our Next Up program. And we've talked a little bit about our Next Up program in the past with Anna Hosnier and Joel Smith, the two creators of the Next Up program. But for those who haven't heard about it, it's an incredible program with the idea of finding emerging creators, creators with brilliant idea for podcasts that are looking to take their concepts to the next level are looking to learn from some of the best producers in the industry. And in many cases, these are producers and creators coming from underrepresented communities in the podcast space. And so it's been a really exciting program for us to launch, and we just finished up our first class. And so what's happening now is we have podcasts launching from some of these brilliant creators, two of them joining us for today's discussion. We have Jonathan Higgins from Black Fat Film and Carmen Lara from Beauty Translated. Thanks for for joining us for a few minutes.
7: Yay, thanks
5: for having me. I'm always excited to be here.
6: I know, I love love chatting with both of you. Both of you have blown me away from the very beginning. I think what was so surprising, not that we didn't expect to get some great applicants from the Next Up program, but you launch a program like this and and you don't know exactly how it's going to go in the first year. And The creative thinking and the determination from these creators and the just honest genius that we saw from some of the applicants that have come in with this program have really just been so much fun to see. But Jonathan, I'm going to toss to you first just to get a sense of, first of all, how did you find out about the Next Up program and what made you decide to sort of throw your hat in the ring to try out for it?
5: Yeah. So I am always on social media perusing and looking for other opportunities to heighten my voice as a creator, specifically knowing that there aren't a lot of programs or spaces or places online that are openly trying to give marginalized people who look and live like me opportunity to use my voice. So, you know, I have different things that I have set, you know, certain words, certain things that I kind of just search on Twitter. And one of the things is that I actually follow Joelle, and so having say that as a friend of mine on Twitter, I saw them post. And then again, I kept seeing it kind of come across my timeline. And I thought to myself, I was doing kind of this. I wouldn't say that it was a terrible podcast because it wasn't, but we were just doing a podcast where it was just me and another friend of mine talking. They ultimately had said, I don't really want to do this anymore. And so when I had saw this, I was already in the mind of how do I continue to keep fueling my passion for the podcasting that we had been doing for almost two years, knowing that my old co-hosts didn't want to continue with the show, which was totally fair and totally understandable. So Mm -hmm. I see Joelle post this. I click on the link and I see I really only have a week (laughs) to apply for it. I'm thinking, wow, why didn't I know about this sooner? I really just kind of start racking my brain and really thinking in a very quick way. And it wasn't like I was throwing something together. I kind of keep like a running list of like, what are story articles that I want to pitch? What are podcasts that I would love to, you know, talk about or whatever? Long story short, I just one, two, three, I had written written down two other thoughts and Black Fat Femme initially, which is the show we now have, was an idea that I had from a book. And I said, what if I could take this idea from a book, sell it as a podcast and it come to life? So it was a a book idea I had been writing on and I had been working on. Long story short, I pitched it and I got the interview for Next Up. And they immediately opened up saying, tell me more about Black Fat Fem," And I was like, well, honestly, it was a book idea. I only had two major ideas up front. This was the third one that I could come up with. And I thought it felt good because I had been writing this book, you know, for a couple of years. And right. that's the one that everyone kind of grabbed onto. And, and now we're here. So
6: I love it. Well, you fooled us into thinking you'd been thinking of this as a podcast for many years, because it was sort of the, the clarity of thought and the direction you were looking to take this. Actually, can you tell us a little bit about like, how would you describe the mission of, of Black Fat Film?
5: Yeah. I mean, think about episode one, the right, the yes black, the yes fat, yes femme is our first episode title. And the reason why I titled the first episode, that was my story and kind of building this podcast. And a lot of people know this, a lot of people don't know this, or some people may not know this, but I initially, it kind of spawned from the first time that I told someone that I was interested in them. And the first thing they hit me with was I don't date black guys, I don't date fat guys, and I don't date femme guys. And so for years, I had kind of muddled on this idea of there's never really a place for black fat femmes like myself. And when I say femme, what I mean is effeminate, cisgender presenting men, right? Effeminate people to exist. And so a couple years later, I had saw, I don't know what ad it was, but there was another ad that someone was wearing a shirt that said, no black, no fats, no femmes. And so really just thinking about how in the LGBTQ community, specifically around cisgender men, there's this racism, there's this femme phobia, there's this fat phobia that kind of just lives. And I really wanted to say, instead of me building a podcast where I'm talking about how awful it is to be a part of the community, why not create a podcast where me and somebody that I'm really close to, we're talking about all the things that we love about ourselves and the thing that makes us as Black Fat Femmes amazing. So that's really what the show has become. It's literally an hour of us just really giving ourselves the flowers that society doesn't want to give us and really just kind of saying, instead of constantly harping on all of the terrible things that happen to us, because again, let's really think about it. You know, when you're Black Fat or Femme, those are all three things that the world doesn't really want it's really nice to be able to sit in front of a mic with someone who sees you and loves you and be able to talk to them in a way that's yeah. really not only honest, but also celebratory of yeah. your existence. So that's really what the show has become.
6: I do love that. And I love that. I mean, right out of the gate from episode one, there's such an incredible dynamic and a rapport between the two of you. And it's so much fun to listen to. But I also like that while you do celebrate all the reasons to celebrate, you're also not afraid to hit difficult topics head on. And I I think that's what resonates so much with your audience. And, and actually, Carmen, for you too, I want to toss to you next here. You're also celebrating the many things to celebrate, but realize there are several difficult things to talk about. Your first episode was just incredibly powerful where I appreciated you took the time to step back a little bit and tell your story and sort of tell why you decided not just to start this podcast, but the whole journey that you've been on. And I'd like to get to that in a minute here, but curious how you found out about the program and your first thoughts and how you decided to you know it's a bold move to throw your your name out there and to say I want to start this thing and I want to apply for a thing that they're only going to choose 8 people for maybe talk to us a little bit about that
7: yeah and i have to say like my story is is very different from John's in that way but you know i spent the last 10 years basically as an esthetician not as a creator and i hadn't really thought of myself as doing anything in like the creative sphere for a really long time. But during that whole time, I'm consuming podcasts after podcast after podcast. And it all started with Stuff You Should Know. That was the first podcast I ever listened to. And the other daily podcast I listened to is The Daily Zeitgeist. And those both just happen to be on the iHeart Network. But I was kind of at a point in my life where I realized, you know, aesthetics is not fulfilling me anymore. And I need to explore a different career. I need to get in touch with who I am again. And it kind of lost sight of who I was like during that whole time. So it allowed me to kind of connect with who I am and all of that while also So just exploring the trans community. But anyway, I was listening to the Daily Zeitgeist, heard an ad for the Next Step program on the Daily Zeitgeist. And I decided, yeah, why not? I'll give it a shot. And... I think they asked for like in the forum, they asked for two pitches. And the two things I pitched was, you know, I would love to create a podcast about aesthetics, skincare, beauty related topics, because that's like a passion of mine. The other thing I said was I would love to create a podcast about the trans experience because at the time, I didn't see any podcasts that were talking about the trans experience at the time. Since then, of course, I have found some, but you know, none that were on like a major network. So that's how I heard about the program. And when I had the interview with... Joel and Anna and Yesenia. I never expected that I was going to be here a year later quitting my teaching job and doing something totally different, you know, and I love it. And I couldn't be happier.
0: (laughs) My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant.
4: Listen to a brand-new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
6: You know, one of the things that I didn't think a whole lot about before this program came together was the opportunity for the participants themselves, for the two of you and the six others who are part of the program to really get to know each other over a pretty intense six-month period because within the program, you have six months before you're even thinking about putting anything out in the world where you're working with some of our producers, guest speakers coming in to talk to you about different parts of the podcast industry. But week after week, the only people that are there every week are the eight of you, right? And I'm curious what that experience has been like. Maybe Carmen, I'll, I'll stick with you here for a second just to talk about that experience of getting to know the other participants and what that bond has been like, and if you're still communicating regularly today.
7: Yeah. So of course we had like the two weeks of training during like the beginning of the Next Step initiative. And that was a bonding experience for sure, because we were all taking notes. People were sharing notes and stuff like that. And we were all double checking with each other on information. And then once we found out our shows were going to be picked up and be sponsored by Toyota, we, you know, knew that we were going to go, well, I don't think we actually knew until (laughs) like January, but like it, it just happened. But yeah. So we went to LA in February to meet each other. And when we met each other in person for the first time, for me, it felt like I knew everyone in the group for such a long time, even though I was meeting people from like across the country, you know, and I was in a place that I had never been in, in my life, which is crazy to think about, you know, even just a few months ago. So it was a very eye-opening experience for sure. And definitely a, a bonding experience. And yeah, we keep in touch regularly. I would say like once a week, somebody's in the group chat like, hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> That's fantastic. That that support is so
6: important. And as, as we talked about earlier and, and John mentioned at the beginning here, whether it's a creator coming from a marginalized community or just a creator who's putting something out in the world where you feel like you're creating something that you haven't seen in the space. And, and I'm guessing to some degree, there must feel like a lot of pressure in in some ways to to feel like you're putting something out in the space that you know people have been looking for right there are other people with not identical but somewhat shared experiences as you that feel like they're looking for this that's been one of the most striking things for me is reading some of the reviews for your podcast just the stellar reviews for all of them and you see that there has been such a desire for both of your podcasts and it's Mm -hmm. moving to read both from people who felt like they identify similarly and feel like they were looking for something like this Mm -hmm. but actually what's all also been nice is seeing some of the reviews from people saying, this has helped me think about how I can you know, whether we want to say be an ally or be someone who can just sort of be assistance in this world, that this has helped me think about that. And John, maybe I'll go back to you just to get your thoughts on putting something like this out in the world. Have you been hearing from listeners and has it felt like a lot of pressure to put something out that you really don't see a whole lot of in the podcast space in terms of voices from such an underrepresented community?
5: Yeah, so I mean, I think the pressure always lives in the back of your mind, especially when you're like me. And, you know, I'm just going to say this outrightly, and everyone knows this about me. I'm very, very upfront with my lived experience. And I think one of the experiences that Black people, not even just Black queer people, but Black people have is that we often have this pressure that everything we do has to be done well, or we won't get any more opportunities, right? So there's this kind of, regardless of whether people say, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. I went into this program being like, it has to be done right, or you might not get another opportunity to do this or to tell your story this way. So that there was not only that pressure, but I think there is the other pressure. Pressure of How is the world going to respond? And I think for myself, you know, I know I have a very large following on social media. I know people know my name. I know people know a lot of the things that I've done, both past and present. And so there's also this worry of like, you know, am I going to get hit with negative mail? Am I going to get, you know, negative hits? Are people, you know, what are people going to say with me going to the mic and talking very openly about my lived experience with a lot of, and I'll say this, a lot of folks who don't identify as Black or queer, not fully understanding that experience. And I will say that in the last week, I've probably opened my podcast email and just ugly Oprah cried from whether it be someone just sending a message and saying, oh my God, that episode had me screaming, laughing in my office or someone saying, thank you so much for going there with this topic. Thank you so much for elaborating more on this topic and helping me understand it. I think what we've really started with Black Fat Fam, and I, I would even say too with Carmen's show, right? This notion that the LGBTQ community is much more expansive than what we see in the media. There are so many other facets and so many other conversations that need to be had. Like, I, I'll i just say this and maybe Carmen, you can nod your head or you can chime in. But that plus, right? When you say LGBTQ plus, I really feel like we're now starting to see podcasts and shows and movies showing what that plus is. And seeing that plus, I'll say this as a positive, right? Like seeing the idea of all of the different intersections intersectional experiences you have and being able to reframe them and say, yes, I went through this struggle. I've gone through this, but I've I've come out on the other side. And I think that's what people are getting from both of our shows, right? This notion that on the other side, there's so much joy and so much, I, I, I've stopped using the words resilience because I don't think that word suits me. I think relentlessness, right? This relentlessness to tell your story and to fully be immersed in that story and to be able to remind people that they can come out joyful on the other side.
6: Yeah. I think it's a really important point, and especially when you talk about the diversity of voices, even within the LGBTQ plus community, it's so important. And it's something that we've talked about, talked about with both of you before, as well as we try to bring greater representation into podcasting. This really has to just be the beginning of this, because there's no world where we can launch four or five podcasts from creators in the community and say like, okay, well, we've we've done that now we're represented, right? And so, you know, it's really important for this to inspire others to want to start podcasts. And as we have a real mission to bring more and more voices into it, that we're really never done with that, right? As long as we're launching podcasts, we should be thinking about the representation within that. But maybe talking about that for a second, Carmen, when you're creating episodes of the podcasts, are you thinking about that with every episode? Or is it more, you know what, I'm just trying to make a great podcast. And I, ju- I just want this good podcast to be out in the world that represents who I am. Or do you feel or think? through like, okay, this is important for me to do XYZ because I am representing some portion of the LGBTQ plus community?
7: Yeah, that's a good question. And really what I started out with was, yes, I was really trying to be very intentional with like making sure I choose lots of different guests and all of that. And at this point in the game, now that I'm almost, I've actually almost got my 12th episode recorded and everything. It's really become about who is willing to just sit down and talk to me because I do have an interview-based show, it has become about like, who's willing to sit down and chat with me? And so part of my day as producing Beauty Translated has been reaching out to literally as many people as I can possibly think of through Instagram DM, through email, and just see who responds. You know, because it's still kind of a young podcast and I'm not like a celebrity name or or anything like that. So I'm really asking people to take a chance and just sit down with me and and trust me with their story, you know? And so the overarching theme though that I try to tackle, I guess, in the podcast is the concept of metronormativity within the LGBT community, which is the concept that LGBTQ plus people only exist. In metro spaces. They only exist in large metro areas. But We know that LGBTQ plus people live everywhere in rural areas. And so I'm really trying to talk to people as much as I can, you know, that are from those smaller places that you don't hear about a trans person living and thriving because I think those things are important, especially because the Southeast is the largest population of transgender Americans in the US. I did not know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
6: Yeah, as somebody from the Southeast that, yeah, I didn't realize that.
4: Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to
1: you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council.
6: You know, it's something I've recognized about both of you. And I think is part of why your shows are so fantastic is you know, a lot of creators jump into it and might sign a deal with a, you know, a larger podcast network and then sort of step back and say, you know, all I have to do is create the show. And then the, the network sort of takes it from there. But I like John's use of the word relentless. And I think it's something that the most talented creators, both of you and your own sort of unique ways have as to your point, Carmen, your willingness to just keep reaching out to potential guests and people to hear your message john doing very much the same thing and that it's this combination of having the megaphone of a place like guy heart where we feel like you know we have this opportunity to bring so many voices into podcasting but when we can partner with creators like yourselves who have this hunger and this desire to just work even harder once you realize you've signed on with somebody. Sort of back to John's earlier point about saying, we don't have the choice to just do something and kind of try it out. Like, we have to get it right the first time. And that's what I think was so impressive immediately with your first episodes is they sounded like shows that have been around for years. Like, there was a quality and a charm and a humor and a challenge with all of them. And I think that that's so interesting. So just wanted to pause for a second and just say, congratulations, we listen to a lot of shows and most shows really do need quite a while to sort of find their groove. And not that every show can improve, but it feels like you guys came out of the gate, you know, really with a clear mission in mind. And, you know, John, coming back to you, where do you want to go with the show? You know, you just launched it, you're a few episodes in, we got to talk about this the other day. We're super excited that we're both ready to jump into another season and renewing both of your shows for that matter because they're such fantastic shows and, and hopefully for a long time to come but Mr. yeah i'm curious Mr. to hear from Mr. you where you want to <laughs> go with it <laughs>
5: I was like, it's her clip. Oh gosh, no. Will, like I said, so I'm just, I'm just going to say this. One, I think what made me feel so good about this, and and, and I don't know, Carmen, if you can say this, so I'm going to just speak for myself. <laughs> Will, you have been literally such a light to me from the very first time we got on screen together. I literally felt like I was like, wow, Will is my long lost brother. Like I literally feel like, and I'm not saying this just to say it. I don't know. I don't give compliments very easily, but I will say that I genuinely believe that, Will, there was just something in you that believed in me. And so when you ask this question, where do I see this show going? As long as you're along the ride with me, I'm good, with wherever the shows go, if we get to a place where, you know, we feel like, okay, the show has run its course, we need to do something different, we need to redream it, I'm okay. If this show takes me to Beyonce's couch, I'm happy to go there too. Like, I'm happy to go wherever this show takes me. But I think the biggest thing... For For me is that, and it's not even like I said, I never came into the show of being like, oh, I want to be a star, I want to be the next this or the next that. I genuinely, and I I, I've tweeted this on several occasions. I said, I think for me it was how can I create either a blueprint or an opportunity or an ecosystem for other black queer people to come into and be able to feel like they have a say or some sort of opportunity themselves, right? I think that's where I really want the show to go. I want this show to be either a beacon of light for folks who feel like they don't know where they're going in their lives and need some direction or a blueprint for folks who are trying to get into the podcasting game and really want to say, I want to do it my way. I I, want to get away from, you know, this, that, and the other, or I don't want this person to be able to control the way I do my show. And I say, okay, this is how you navigate it. But I think more than anything, I really just wanted this show and I want this show to continue to be honestly the voice and the story and really the hour <laughs> that I needed when I was a teenager and didn't have right when will and Grace was helping everybody find themselves
6: I I, I needed this show and I'm hoping that this show will eventually be that for other yeah, people and I, I have no doubt that it will be that for many many people and one of the things I'm so excited about is thinking this is our first class this is the first time we've ever done this with next up and to have such brilliant creators like you then be the next group of mentors for some of these people or just to pass along what you've learned and in some ways and I love to imagine what this looks like five years from now 10 years from now as we continue on this mission to bring greater diversity into the voices that are in podcasting and just love working with both of you and you've earned every bit of recognition that you've gotten in this one of my favorite moments in this program we have a bi-weekly meeting with the entire podcast team all of our producers all of our talent and it's you know 150 or so people and the eight next up participants were on one day to talk about all of your show concepts. I've never seen our group more emotional and more excited and more overwhelmed. And I've never seen more tears from that group of just all of your shared experiences and the passion that you bring to that. You know, Carmen, as we wrap up here, I'm, I'm curious to hear what was that experience like for you just hearing and, and getting a chance to chat with the whole podcast team and share your ideas. It felt just like an overwhelming you know, moment and I think, for everybody
7: there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it really was, it it definitely was. I, I became very emotional myself. I could barely speak. I got choked up on my tears, you know? And for me, I was very proud to, of course, share what I was doing, but I don't think I had quite arrived at the moment of like understanding what I was about to do. Yeah. Because really up until the show dropped, I had no idea how any of it was going to be received by, you know, the general public. I was like, well, everybody at iHeart thinks it sounds great, you know, so this is going to be awesome. But for me, it was the first time that I was openly talking about myself as a trans person and me sharing these trans stories to a group like that. And, you know, it allowed me to like understand like, this is what I'm doing now that I'm making a podcast about the trans experiences. I am very visibly trans now. (laughs) Yeah.
6: Yeah. I I, I love it. So I want to make sure everybody knows the names once again. So I want to repeat that if you haven't gotten a chance to check out both of these podcasts john's podcast is black fat film Carmen's podcast is beauty translated both are so smart so funny so charming but also deal with topics that we need to talk about and i look forward to working with both of you for a long time to come so congratulations on what you've built so far and thanks for spending some time with us yes
7: thank you thank you for
5: having us
6: and thank all of you for joining us again today we'll see you again next week
5: Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio.
4: You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: It's brand new season two.